Welcome to the Conversations with Women of Color podcast with your hosts Danusha and Megan. In this episode, we chat with Selena Mutale and Fiona Masuku. Sal and Fee, as we know them, are two successful women working in project management and finance. They left Zimbabwe at the age of 18 to further their studies in their respective fields. After completing their studies, Sal and Fee formed a beautiful friendship which is empowering to see. This episode shares more details about their journey, the struggles they face as foreign women in South Africa, and some of their favorite spots to explore over weekends. Hey Fee, hi Sals, how are you doing? Good, good, hi, how are you? Good, thanks, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, it's so cool to have you ladies with us today. We're very excited to get to know about you, more about your life story, and just where you're at at the moment. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Hi guys. Hi Dee. Good. Um, Thank you so much for inviting us, guys. We're also very excited to chat with you and go through the session today. Us as well. Yeah. We're very excited. Yeah. It's always like weird when you have to interview your friends because now we have to be (laughs) formal. (laughs) Whenever we we meet up (laughs) or chat, it's always like a good time. There's wine and there's food and lots of laughter. Uh, But we will get that in a bit. But obviously the first bit of the conversation will be a bit more serious. I'd like to know more about your story. Um, Selena, maybe you can get started. And also, what influenced your decision to move to South Africa? Jeez, okay. So if I try and go back and remember high school, um, I knew I was going to study. It was a matter of where I was going to study. So I think the options were Australia, South Africa. Those are the two I was looking at. And then eventually I narrowed it down to, it was either UCT, Rhodes, or Fitz. And I chose the furthest place from home and I just thought I'd love UCT. So I chose UCT and that's how I ended up in South Africa. Are you originally from South Africa? Oh, yes. Sorry. So I'm originally from Zimbabwe and I was born in Zimbabwe. I've lived in Zimbabwe my whole life. Um, I come actually from a very small town called Gweru. No one ever knows that town. Yeah. (laughs) But that is my hometown. (laughs) And I think I always chose to be a bit further away from home because even in high school, I chose a boarding school that was three hours away as opposed to one that was two hours away from home. Three hours? Yes. Oh my that's, goodness. That's actually a bit of a long time. <laughs> so I chose, like, I really wanted to go there. My mom wanted me to go to another boarding school, but I had my mind set on where I wanted to be. And I loved having that independence and that place to grow and by the way it was an all-girls school oh my goodness sure. <laughs> uh, Fiona yeah. um, can we maybe just find out about your story uh, my story I hope it's a little interesting but uh, maybe similar to Selena's one um, I think uh, I come from Zimbabwe as well um, that's my background and um, if you just a little bit of background on Zimbabweans, like we, we're quite uh, into education and that's a primary for us. And when I was in high school, it was a really big decision to decide like, where do I go after I finish my studies, high school? And um, it was really about opportunity. Like what's the best place that would really create the best opportunities for myself? And like Selena, I think my opportunities lie... Um, well, they were between Canada and South Africa, really. And uh, the only reason I didn't go to Canada was I really wanted to stay connected to South Africa or like just Africa in general. Um, mm. So South Africa was a non-brainer. So I picked it because I loved the, the closeness to home and the connection. And having to pick South Africa was was all about the, the, the universities. Um, I think I looked at the, the list and I thought, oh my gosh, like this a wide variety of them and I think I sent applications to all universities in South Africa basically um, but yeah it was really for opportunity um, that's why I left home and I kept my bags I came here was to really find better opportunity like to explore different avenues of, of career and things like that so that's mm. really the bone structure of my history. And before you came to South Africa did you guys know each other or did you meet here in South Africa? Ooh, 
Selena, do you want to take me? We actually didn't know each other and we didn't know each other at UCT. We met like much later. I think that was 2011 mm-hmm. or 2010. Yeah, somebody, I think that's where we met. Mm-hmm. And we met through a mutual friend and that's how we became friends. Oh I feel goodness. like it's crazy that it's almost <laughs> 10 years later. But, okay. oh, but you, you, um, you have such a beautiful friendship. I mean, it's, um, we'll maybe discuss that a little bit later as well. But yeah, you guys have an amazing bond and such a beautiful friendship. Oh, thank you so much. I love both your stories. I just wanted to ask you, Sal, what was it like going to like an all-girls school? Because I went to co-ed. You know what? I think going to an all-girls school was the best thing for me because you, like the way um, our school was, you really are groomed. You get to be quite opinionated. You get to just explore and find yourself. And I, I actually realized afterwards when I was looking at it that a lot of us grew our characters during that time. And I think there's less fear to make a fool of yourself sometimes. And I think you just embrace life. I don't know if I would choose a co-ed school, even if I could go back. I'd probably go back to the exact same high school. That is so fascinating. It's the first time I've heard someone give a positive review on, a, on an all-girls school. Because people always say, you know, there was a bad experience. You know, the girls were fighting amongst each other. Or maybe they missed having, you know, boys around. So... That's a very different and very interesting perspective. Don't get me wrong. When the boys' schools came by, maybe the skirts were a little bit shorter than the (laughs) usual ones (laughs) for functions and stuff. (laughs) But yeah, I actually really enjoyed the experience. I loved it. And I'm always curious to know. Sure, that's also, like, it's so interesting to know for obviously people who want to send their girls to an all-girls school. So I think it's a good positive review especially if you have girls I wanted to ask you both um, Selena and um, Fiona did you both feel welcome here when you arrived yeah uh, thanks thanks Um, I think I'd say overall yes I did feel welcomed Um, maybe it's because I was welcomed with like-minded spirits Um, I on on my journey arriving to to South Africa I actually came straight to Cape Town Um, it was a, a bus ride, quite a hectic one, but it was worth it. Like when I arrived here, I had an entourage of like um, some friends uh, that I knew from back home. Um, that gave me a good welcoming. But in terms of um, the rest of other people, I think I, I definitely would say I still got a, a good welcoming because I didn't pretty much know a lot of people when I arrived. I was a student at UCT. First year, first day, I made new friends. Um, people were quite welcoming, I, I should say. Like, I didn't expect that. But I, I, for someone who didn't know anyone, and I just picked my bags, I told my family, you know what, I'm going. And they were shocked to hear this, uh, that, oh, okay, you want to just leave and just go to Cape Town knowing no one? I said, <laughs> yes, doing it. But yes, I had a I had a great welcoming, um, and I think the experience of having to start varsity was really great because uh, we had all week uh, what we call orientation week. Um, you should just meet to a whole bunch of people that were very welcoming and kind. It showed me around the campus, showed me around the the, the the courses and everything that I needed to know, and I met a, a whole bunch of great people at that uh, that experience. Yeah. Did your family show any resistance at all when you told them you wanted to come to Cape Town? Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> um, I mean, having to go miles away and they don't know who you know, who you know there. Um, for a lot of us, like, I didn't know anyone here except the people that I kind of uh, got welcomed, which were just friends from high school. So there was a bit of worry from the family. Um, but I think they were secure enough to understand that my decision was was really looking at the future and that gave them comfort. But there was definitely a worry around, like, am I going to be safe? It's a new environment. Will I meet people who I'll trust? How will I get around? Like, will, will something happen to me? You know, there was that worry of just the unknown. 
But when I arrive, tell them I'm secure. I've got great friends around me, people I now got to know really well. And it, it just gave them comfort to know that, yeah. I'm sure they're glad you didn't go to Canada then. <laughs> they were very concerned. Just much further away. <laughs> yeah, I think what gave them more security was that it's just a bus ride away. Like they could come and check up on me if they needed to. So that gave them a little bit more security, yeah. And you, Sals, did you feel welcome when um, you arrived here? Yeah, I actually did. And the funny thing is I also took the bus because I had lots of stuff I wanted to take with me. And because my town is small, the travel agent booked um, this other guy to sit next to me the whole way because he was also going to UCT. So I was lucky I had a travel buddy all the way through to Cape Town. And you take two buses, by the way. So you change in Joburg and then you hop onto another bus. I think the journey is like two days. Two days? <laughs> I think it's two days. I didn't know it was that long on the bus. It is two days, yeah, because you like... Um, and then 18 hours to Cape Town. Yeah, because you... I think I took the bus like late, early evening. Then you arrive like the next morning. Then you take your next bus. But you have to wait a little bit before you catch the next bus. that's a long journey is it not uncomfortable i don't think i could do it now but (laughs) (laughs) then i was very excited and very happy and i was like yay you know all those good feelings about coming through to cape town Mm. i think it's all the excitement yeah (laughs) very young and also i was fascinated that you could buy stuff with coins i was very excited about that because i think i was like what Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was that really blew my mind. Um, wow. So I just wanted to buy stuff, but anyway. Um, and when I got here, it was so funny because I also didn't know anyone. And um, I remember meeting um, this other girl, Kate, and her mom, and we had coffee and stuff, and people were very welcoming. And then I found that some people I went to high school with were also in the same race. We weren't friends in high school. But we became friends here. Like we knew each other in high school. But yeah, we became closer here. But generally I found that a lot of people were welcoming. O week was amazing. And it just helped you to settle and meet a whole lot of other people. In fact, one of my other very good friends now, we met in O week and we're still friends to this day. That's so cool. That is really amazing to hear. Um, fast forward to 2020. What challenges do you face as foreign black women in South Africa? That, that's a, a long list, eh? <laughs> um, we have some time. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, so I'll go first. Like, um, I think for me, the, the critical things was that when you think of uh, like where we are now in 2020, um, we're at a point in our maturity of, of career progression where we're thinking of you know, exploring how to be entrepreneurs, starting out new things. And the most challenging things are like, you know, how do you get access to funding? How do you register as a, as a foreigner, like in terms of the databases? And it, everywhere I turn, there's a whole lot of admin. Like when I, when I tell the bank I need to get something, the list of documentation that they send you, I know there's a standard procedure, but I, I think my, my biggest challenge is just like, I have to justify why I belong here. Um, that's my, my biggest challenge is as a black woman in South Africa. I think maybe even South Africans face this as well, but more for my, myself, I, I feel like I have to add a bit of extensive um, supporting documents to actually justify why I belong here. I think, yeah, like access to funding, you know, even just opening a bank account. And I remember even uh, in my, my student days, like registering as a foreign student was, we had a separate queue for it. Um, yes. I know we were quite energetic and excited to be here. Like, so mm. we didn't see a, a lot of roadblocks. Like, I'm like, let's go for it. Um, but yeah, it is a challenge for a lot of people. It can be disheartening to to go through that kind of administrative process, to get a job, to, to get settled. Yeah, it, it is yeah. challenging. But it is a lot of red tape. Yeah. yeah. So I'd agree with Fiona in that it's a lot of red tape. And um, I think you always have to justify yourself 
a lot more because you're foreign. So you have to make sure, um, I don't know, in terms of qualifications, you have extra qualifications, you have extra tests you have to take, things like that. Okay, I was going to ask you then, do you think that I, that actually made you want to study harder and work harder and achieve more and keep studying or just get more qualified for just to like, you can show that you're worth something in South Africa because you're a foreigner? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, I, I don't know, Sal, you can comment on this, but I feel, yeah, you kind of have to really work twice as hard um, to earn your place here. But I think it adds. Mm. I think it adds to it, but I think there's probably more pressure from home mm. <laughs> because um, Fiona spoke earlier about how education is very important, and you push and you drive, so you you have that extra push from home already. So mm-hmm. generally, you'll find that a lot of people study until they get. They probably will push through to PhD level. It's very normal in Zim, so it's something you want to then carry on doing. Wow. So I think you have that pressure anyway. Mm. Fiona, um, you said that you have to justify yourself for being here. Don't you think Mm. it's a bit strange that you have to identify as a foreigner, even Mm. though you're in South Africa, like we're all born on the African continent, we are Africans. Do you find that it's a bit strange that you have to... um, register or identify as a foreigner if you're in the south of Africa? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Like, um, the way I saw it was when I left home, I thought, oh, I'm going to a fellow African country. I'm really ready to, like, develop. And I, I, I had the buy-in just to, to, to bring South Africa to the next level. And I was willing to put it in the work. But, but yes, it, it is a bit of a scale up, like, when you get here, you re- realize that, um, you know, the way you're perceived is uh, actually uh, much higher than, a, a, you know, being foreign actually puts you at a higher scale to perform and be better. Yeah, so there is that challenge. Um, and it's constantly growing, but um, I think at the same time, as much as there's that challenge, um, there is a brighter light in the sense that, um, life is what you make it and the energy and, and the passion that you have for what you do really turns you out or puts you above the curve. Uh, at the end of the day, everybody who is in South Africa, we all like have kind of a similar goal. Like we, we all want to, you know, get ahead, build our communities, build our families and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I noted, like, is that, yes, there is this, challenges of being foreign but when we're here like we're all kind of working at the same challenge you know we're pounding at the same flash <laughs> yeah that's a really good way to look at it I like your positive outlook both of you I wanted to also ask you uh maybe Sal do you want to go first what were the challenges pertaining to your citizenship speaking about you know um, being a foreigner here was oh. it really challenging <laughs> So, first of all, no one likes to go to home affairs. (laughs) So true. (laughs) That's the first thing I'll say. So, um, (laughs) the fact that you have to go and you have to renew your permits, and then you go through quite a lengthy process before you can apply for permanent residence. And even after that, you're still going to go through a process to apply for citizenship. And each time you have to jump through several hoops to get it right. And I know um, in terms of the route that I took, I had to prove that I had critical skills. So I had to take these exams, I had to register with um, certain bodies, and then they basically say, okay, she does have critical skills, she meets this criteria, et cetera. And then from there you can do applications. So there are a few different routes you can use, but it costs quite a bit of money and it takes up a lot of time. And Home affairs is a very draining process. So it's very challenging and you kind of just have to push through it. I can't think of anyone who had a smooth, simple journey. Sure, I'm glad you stayed though and you pushed through. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known you and my life would be so There's sad. A time. I was just like, you know what? This is a lot of pressure because uh, the funny thing is when I compared to friends who ended up going to Australia or Canada, 
they um it was much easier for them compared to the journey here and they studied there and it's they kind of just fell into a system it wasn't that easy here i must say i actually and the whole process the of renewing it's crazy mm. yeah i would have thought that it's the opposite in other no. first world developed countries that's what you would think yes that, that's what yeah. you would think but no that's crazy yeah i think that's it's crazy. actually quite tougher to be a, a citizen in south africa like um i know there's other countries that offer like uh green card options to to be a citizen so just for context i mean myself and sal are not citizens of south africa but we've got permanent residents to be here and it was such a, a uphill to actually get there like the administrative process with home affairs you have to justify why you actually are committed to be here and you have to show that that commitment comes through like working hard and giving back to the community and being part of the South African community and that was the biggest challenge is how do you actually show home affairs that you intend to stay here yeah i, I think that was like the uphill um then after five years of being a permanent resident then they give us the option to be a citizen and what does the citizenship give us is just to to be a part of the community really and we'd love to get there um be able to vote that's the next hurdle <laughs> yeah that's the next hurdle like in five years we're thinking yes we need to be citizens be able to vote and contribute to the community yeah yeah so how long does it actually take then to get citizenship because you've been here what more than 10 years now selves it's been a very long time but the thing is when you're studying you're on a study permit then when you start working you're on a work permit and then i think you only start counting the citizenship from once you're a permanent resident so you could be here for a number of years but those other years kind of just fall away wow 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 i didn't know that so <laughs> it's a bit of a mission only until you get your work uh permits uh, i think it's a measure of how much you give back to the community but yeah. uh only until you start getting a, a work permit those years on a work permit do count to citizenship but anything before that doesn't count so the years we spent studying here investing on our education that doesn't count as as part of our citizenship yeah yeah I think only for the PhD students now, I think they've added something different, but I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I was going to say, if you had studied something like medicine that really, you know, helps people, would that have changed the sure. scenario? Okay. I'm not sure. Also not particularly, it. actually, hey, Meg, uh, because uh, with even medicine, what they say is um, to be a practitioner in South Africa, you need to be a South African. So some foreign students, I don't know if they've changed the regulation now, I can't speak for that home office uh, line item, but um, you had to be a, a South African to be in a certain profession. So you could study here, study medicine or law, but it would be really tough to get into the industry if you're a foreign because you have to evidence that you are here and committed so if you are a citizen or permanent resident then they'll offer you that opportunity but the challenge comes in the fact that you need to train to be that professional and you can't train if you don't have the work permit so you can't actually get a job if you don't have the work permit but you know we always look at the positive side of it yeah, <laughs> there is a way yeah and i think that's the hard part because when you're coming out of uni as well you may not necessarily have the funds so some companies would actually assist with the application and then in some cases the company wouldn't assist so now you have to find the funds to pay all the fees for the applications and things like that so you obviously um you grew up in zim and um while growing up through the process of socialization you um learn different you know aspects of your culture and it forms a big part of your um identity so now fast forward you're 18 years old and you move to um to Cape Town to start you know your um your first year how do you connect to your culture while you are living abroad in terms of uh, connecting to your culture so even though you were here and you were living here most of the time you would still actually go back home i used to go back home at least twice a year and keep that connection with family going and 
funny enough, when it comes to my family, people are scattered all over the world. So the sense of home being a physical place has changed quite a lot. It's keeping that connection with the family going and it's how you keep the culture going and the traditions being passed down. Although there's some things I don't know and I'm always like, mom, teach me this or tell me how does this work or what are you supposed to do? So there's always someone I can ask when I'm unclear. But I try to keep that connection with family going. Uh, I, I should say uh, I agree 100% with Sal. And uh, I mean, when I think of what is culture anyway, uh, culture is just like em- embracing like um, social behavior and it changes constantly. And I think uh, the one thing I appreciate about um, our families in Zimbabwe is that we've got a, quite an a, a open culture. Like when I say open culture is because we are very open in accepting other people in our circles. And it made it so much simpler to embrace South African culture as well. Like in terms of, you know, when we got here, relating to some pieces of culture that's already in South Africa, you know, um, we've got the Nguni tribes. And I think, Sal, we we come from those kind of tribes where uh, we also practice like uh, basic things like Lobola and those kinds of things. And so it, it does make it easier to embrace the South African culture in, this, in that sense because it integrates with ours. And there's a development of it where um, even our families started to embrace the fact that we're so international. We all stay in different areas, but we still can connect. And keeping in touch in Zoom calls, these kinds of things, and WhatsApp calls, keeping connecting with our families. We kept that culture that we had from back home alive. Um, but there's nothing that can beat just being at home. But um, we, we do make it work, yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, I'm so glad that you are able to embrace both countries and both cultures. And I also think that South Africans could definitely be more welcoming and embracing to other cultures as well, especially, you know, our fellow Africans. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys, have you ever considered moving back home permanently, um, Sal's? And like, would it be possible? I haven't even considered moving to Joburg. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I fell in love with Cape Town and I decided that this is home for me. And yes, I'm sure I could move home, but I don't see myself living in Zim at the moment. So for me, I don't see myself living in Joburg as well, as an example. But I I like being in Cape Town. I, I don't think. I would want to move back yet or anytime mm. soon. Mm. Yeah, I don't like Durban, so I wouldn't move back there either. Oh, no, Durban, I would I not move to Durban as well. <laughs> I, I worked yeah. there for a little bit and I thought nice for a little bit, but I would mm. still rather just live in Cape Town for as long as I can. I agree with that. I agree with everything Sal says. I, I think the minute we just embrace the, the Cape Town way or mm. just living here has been really beautiful. Like, I don't know, like, if our family actually even thought about that, like, they like to visit a lot more. So it's given actually our opportunity for our families to actually embrace other cultures and come visit and see us and see other things that other people are doing. And, yeah, it's just broadened their horizons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because Fiona and I are the same like that, but I know people who couldn't wait to finish yeah. studies and head back home. There were lots of people they always knew that this was a temporary thing for them and as soon as they were done they would head back home Mm -hmm. so I guess it just depends on you and your personal preference and obviously everyone's different you know some people they just come here to study um you know complete their degree and then go back home and other people want to you know build their lives here Selena, I was also going to say that there are no um, wine farms in Joe. <laughs> there are no wine farms in <laughs> Joe. I was trying not to say that. I was trying not to say it's the wine farms. That can't be my only reason. <laughs> Maybe it's like 80% of my reason. <laughs> Selena and Fiona, I mean, I have so much um, respect and admiration for you, not only as super amazing human beings, but the way you've. Um, done so well in your professional capacity 
um, the dedication you give to, you give to your jobs and you know just the passion that comes through. You both are obviously working in corporate um, and you have uh, senior roles. What battles do you face as as black women in, in corporate? When you look at corporate and you look at being female, I think there's this whole thing where you want to prove yourself and you want to show that you have the knowledge and you want to push forward. And I think as you do that, there's a danger of you losing balance. So for me, I think one of the biggest things is, yes, you want to be like super on top of your game and you want to do all of these things, but you must also remember to have balance and just make sure you're putting everything in your life in those boxes and giving it the right amount of time. As a woman, just in general, you feel like you have to do more to be heard and you put yourself out there more. And yeah. sometimes you find yourself as well in a male-dominated field. So because of that, automatically you, you feel that pressure that you don't want to be that woman in the room who doesn't know what she's talking about. You want to be that woman who's slaying and killing. So that mm -hmm. just makes you <laughs> more intentional about making sure mm -hmm. you study, you stay up to date with the news, you, you're on top of your game from a work perspective so that you can really show up and add value. Yeah, I agree, Sal. Um, it's definitely that. And I, I always call it a triple four because you're first a female, then you're black, then you're in a corporate environment with all these male-dominated drivers. And, and it is actually that. Um, I, I've actually looked at the stats, you know, and you think of how many women actually start businesses in South Africa. And I work in a financial services business and... From my experience, even in, in my portfolio of work, I see 90% of male-dominated work. And it is a pressure. It, the pressure comes from wanting to prove yourself as part of the, the circle, that you can get ahead. And before I even got to, to the part about being foreign and all those kind of things, it, it is a challenge that we all face as females, uh, Black females in South Africa, that we, we want to sit on the board table there and be the ones also driving progress and, you know, driving the next, the next level of what, what are we doing, you know? And, and I always uh, think that we, we can't all rely on answers from decisions and stuff like that. Like we, we need to drive the change. It's quite challenging. It is challenging in the sense that you walk in, there is a whole bunch of uh, males that do sit at the round table and you want to prove yourself. And it is a lot of hard work. You put in a, hard, a lot of hard work into it. And what that means is that your work-life balance does get challenged. Um, you work longer hours. You put in a lot more effort. Your, your friends and family feel it. And you just, just finding that balance is just like that key point. Like where, where do you fit in my friends, the family, the exercise? The keeping well, the, the work-life balance pretty much sums it all. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing is that internal drive because I don't want to just be there sitting and not contributing. Just in general, wherever I am, I want to feel that I'm making a difference in a way and especially with people. So that pushes me even more. Mm. So there is that internal pressure as well. Do you ladies actually think there is a work-life balance? Let's be honest now. So this is the thing. I know I have a problem sometimes and I know I can get so into my work, I could bury myself there. But over time, as I've worked on it, and it's still a work in progress, I put things into boxes and I literally tell myself, like, you can never finish all the work. It's impossible. And you'll miss out on life while you're busy buried under work. So I think you can get to a point where you at least do the things that fill you up. Because there's a time where if you just work, you won't even be able to work anymore because you're burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a friend who got burnt out and it was terrible. Like there was nothing necessarily physically wrong, but she was mentally and emotionally gone. Yeah. And I told myself I never want to get there. 
we're not as absolutely real. It's really scary yeah. as well. Um, but I'm glad that you you have those boundaries and you learn to compartmentalize things. Such a long yes. word. But um, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, as women, we really want to do so many things and be so many. We have to, you know, fill all these roles and fill all these spaces. And yeah, each each and every person de- like demands a different part exactly. of us, our family, friends, corporate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think boundaries is really important. And coming back to, yeah, being foreigner here in South Africa, I know that xenophobia, we all know that xenophobia is rife in South Africa. We see it so often. Um, how does it make you guys feel? Fee? Um, yeah, it does bring up emotions. Um, maybe because I, I, I kind of don't understand where xenophobia comes from because um, I think when I came to South Africa, I was thinking to myself, I'm, a, I'm an African, you know, I'm an African, I'm coming to contribute to South Africa. It's not like I just packed my bags, came from Zim, and I just expected something from South Africa, you know. So it's quite a shocking um, thing to get um, xenophobia, you know, like uh, it's quite confusing for me. Maybe Sal, you can shed a bit more light, but in, in my experience, it just makes me emotional because. Um, I think like having having to think about the reflecting back and where we come from and being African. I, I came to South Africa to really work hard to give back and also to give to my family. And I I just thought, you know, you know, the minds and the mindset that would be here to welcome us would be like like-minded uh like-minded uh people. So, yeah, it, it is an emotional topic uh, to think about. And uh, it's still a struggle for me because um, I, I kind of don't understand where it comes from. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I struggle to get my head around it because you would expect that people will be welcoming and more understanding of um, foreigners and other cultures. So, for me, it's it's a very scary and... It makes me very sad, actually, when I think about it and the things that people have been through. I've been fortunate not to go through stuff where it's directed at me, but I mean, I've seen stuff on the news and I've seen things that have happened and it's terrible. It really does not make me feel good at all because I wish people would be more accommodating and welcoming in that way. It's, it's, I just, I guess everyone is friendly in a way. Like if you go to Zoom, you'll find that People are quite warm and friendly. So it's very different to have that type of thing happen. How do you feel about it? And I think it's so ironic that we all complain. South Africans always complain about South Africa. We complain about everything, but we generally always complain about South Africa. And we always talk about wanting to move abroad. And then you guys come here and you want to be here. And then we like, no, you're not welcome. Like, how ironic is that? That's just wild. Yeah. I, I always think that there's a place for everyone, you know? Um, I think that's the, the, the way we've always thought about it. It's like, there's a place for everyone. Like, we can all live together. Like, I, I think my experience maybe working and being in, in, in work and, like, business and stuff like that, I just always thought that there's a place for everyone. Like we're going to all live together like, uh, you know, everyone has a piece of what, what they need. And we just need to figure that out. It's just that sometimes these things get out of control because they feel like, you know, people feel like when you step in, it's like in a, in a normal work environment, you know, you get that new team member that shines and then people get kind of uncomfortable. Like, oh, who's this person? This new person. You know, what are they doing? Are they taking over my role? No. (laughs) Like sometimes it's all about just really finding your niche. And Mm. it's just hard for people to actually embrace that. Like we can all live together and just like have our own space of doing something and specializing something. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Souls, I just want to touch on something you said earlier. I thought that was so profound. 
Um, and, and it's really true because I've experienced that um, if you go to different parts, especially on the African continent, people are so welcoming. They're so warm and welcoming. Like they just invite you in. And I mean, we've had um, people from Zimbabwe, Ghana, different um, countries uh, coming to the church where I used to attend. There was so friendly, I mean, there was absolutely no reason for people to treat them badly. Do you think that we should call it xenophobic attacks or is it black on black crime? So I, I don't know, hey, because I know sometimes people who are from different cultures don't also like get along. Like I know in Zim, like there's, there used to be this thing where if you're Sean and if you're in Debele, um, mm. there was a time where some people may not mix back 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 in the day so i i don't know i think sometimes people struggle with different mm. yeah i think it's the different part where people struggle the minute mm. people are not the same or view things in the same way as you do then it's harder sometimes for people to accept that yeah and it could also be fear of the unknown so instead mm. of you know learning or trying to be welcoming and trying to learn about the person's culture, the person's, you know, their history and their background, instead of just getting to know them, they immediately feel like they need to attack this person or make them feel like an outcast. Also, um, a part about um, people fearing their position, like, you know, the, the reason why you fear someone else coming out from somewhere else and filling a role, it's like, hey, what's this new person coming in to do? Like, there's a fear. There's a real fear that um, people fear that they could be phased out. They fear that they could be chucked out. They fear that they'll be sidelined. Those fears are real. And I get it. Like when I work with people, I try to, you know, understand that. And um, I think it is part of what drives xenophobia. It's just the fear of the known, like the fear of hmm. being sidelined, you know, side margins, like, I, am I going to get ahead of life if these people are here? You know, and just knowing the comfort that you you built something and you can still build it is is quite tough to see it when when someone else is outshining you. Yeah, yeah. I think people are scared that you know you guys are going to take our jobs or take. Oh, that you know, is from us. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. People are scared of that, but there is no jobs anyway. Like South Africa's unemployment is so high. Mm anyway um regardless but also think about all of your skills and things that you're bringing here we actually need you guys um so there's so many ways to look at it i think there's enough space for everybody um i think yeah the fear is a a driving factor absolutely selena and fiona every weekend we um live vicariously through your instagram stories you guys are living your best lives i mean it's no secret why is it important to you to explore south africa mm. i bet so i'll take the lead on this one because we <laughs> precariously through a, a audaciously sell link um, <laughs> <laughs> wow fiona wow um i think it's just the thing you live in we live actually in such a beautiful city it would be a disservice, a disaster to not explore everything that's there. And I think from the moment I realized that, gosh, there are these things, places called wine farms, which are beautiful, you have amazing views, you can have lovely food and you can sip your wine. I was sold. Then I found out like they were like 800. I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so I mean there's so much you can actually see and I think every place you visit changes you as a person and adds something to you mm. besides just drinking the wine and there's mm. something special about drinking a glass of wine on the estate where it was made right it just tastes a little I bit think different it tastes better. yeah and it's like it's the ambience you know understanding the history oh. and, and just learning more about the wine and the culture and things so it's just always such a magical experience and it's like such a treat after a busy stressful high pressure week which it usually is and then having that break and that time away it's, 
really actually recharges me. And there's all these places where I have a very long list. It keeps growing because I keep finding out about all these small towns or other areas I haven't been to. And for me, it's important. Like I'm on this whole local travel tip at the moment. So I'm loving that as well. It's like, what, what's work-life balance without the work-life balance? Um, mm, I like that. <laughs> the work-wine balance. <laughs> yes, balance. I love that though. I'm also very into the small town <laughs> traveling and just supporting local travel spots now. And there's so many in Cape Town. We're truly so blessed. Mm. It's insane. Mm. And I think also in these times, like where we have COVID, etc., I find that when you go to the places where there's lots of open air and you can sit and there's lots of space in between you, you can still have a good time, but be responsible as well at the same time. So, so Fee, does Fiona, I mean, Fiona, does Sal's um, just drag you along or is it? Drag? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't call it drag. I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, I absolutely appreciate my friendship with Selena. Like, it's exposed me to a whole new world. Like, um, if I if it wasn't for her, like, I wouldn't know this wine industry, this uh, cultural side of uh, South Africa. And she's my work-life balance. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> no, you, ha- you have to have that central point. Like, some people, it's like their husband, their best friend, like their sister or some relative or something. But for me, it's Selena. Um, she brings that work-life balance for me. And um, I've, ex- I've been exposed to the wine industry from knowing her and just knowing the culture in South Africa, it's been broadened while we've walked that journey together. Like we've been wowed so many places we've been. We're like, wow, we need to shout out to the top of the world to show the, the, the world that there's something here. You know, people actually go to work nine to five and they don't know there's this whole life and somebody needs to show them. And I, I really appreciate that because I've really found that from being around the right uh, community of friends, that there is an actual work-life balance. I think it helps a lot because most of the time I'll be like, oh, or we will be discussing. And then Fiona's like, no, what are we going to do this weekend? We need something to look forward to. Like, let's say the week is very stressful. And then we're like, okay, let's find something. Then we find something. Then the week just goes quickly. Like when it's one of those (laughs) tough weeks, because we know Saturday we're going somewhere. That's really cool. I think to have a friendship like that and where you're both also very keen to do things um, often, um, I think that's so nice. And that you bounce off each other's energy, you can tell that you're like very connected to each other, which is amazing. Uh, maybe you guys are like soul sisters, what they would call um, oh, soul sisters. <laughs> maybe we are. We've realized we have many of the same clothes now, so we're going to wear them at the same time so that everyone knows we each have an outfit. Okay, we'll call you twins. We'll call oh, you I have to see it. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll do it one of these days. We'll just come out exact same outfit. <laughs> so, Sals, what is your favorite um, wine estate to visit? I know it's going to be, like, the hardest I thing. I can't just choose one, Do you? Like, you know, hey, there's three. so many. No, you're making it so difficult. But I mean, there's so many beautiful, beautiful, beautiful places. Like right now, I'm trying to narrow down one. I can't in my mind narrow one down. But I must say, um, I think creation is one of the top ones for me because of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And that's from food, wine, views destination just the full package i would say creation i think absolutely agree i was gonna say (laughs) if you didn't say it i was gonna say it (laughs) it's just the whole thing yeah the whole package the food's great the wine's great the view is amazing and the service like the service is very important i mean they they've ticked every single they've thought about their package the experience they've ticked every single box 
This is not sponsored by Creation. Hey, just saying. No, no, it was not. <laughs> no, no, no. Disclaimer, no sponsors. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't sponsored by Creation because um, my favorite wine these days is Brooklyn. And um, that was born by the fact that I, I love Brooklyn, the wine, actually. And when I went there, I was like, to Selena, I was like, wow, this is the best experience I've had. But it was kind of, Oh, I love their wine, you know? Yeah, you're obsessed with that wine. Like, that's (laughs) her favorite wine. So, at least it's easy to pick that. That is Fiona's wine, yeah. That's so cool. Did you have their Malbec? I have to ask because they make a great Malbec. If you haven't, you have to try it. I think Mm. we tried the, we did try the Malbec the last time that we went there. And I think that was okay. Um... I'm also obsessed. You know how they have that before and after? Mm. I don't know Ooh. if you know, the before and after, like a dessert kind of wine, sort of. Yes, yes, yes. First saw it because of the bottle, so I really loved that. And then I like the taste of it and that you can just throw it on ice cream and stuff. Oh. Mm. Mm. Their macaroon and wine pairing is, like, amazing. Their macaroons are, like, I, mm. I haven't had anything like it. Because speaking about that, though, what's your favorite food and wine experience? I know you said creation, but is there any other one you think of? Actually, <laughs> now that you said macaroon, um, why is that place now? The names, I've just gone blank. <laughs> we had this beautiful macaroon and bubbly pairing. Fiona, do you remember the name? Why, why have I gone blank? I see the place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Feed it. Is there any place that you like with food and wine? I, I'm kind of blinkered because so I'm, I'm still on Overture. Like, I'm like, was oh, yes. Overture? Yes, Overture. <laughs> yes, 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 it was. You, 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 you definitely also loved Overture. That was very good. Um, yeah, that was really good. Like, I think they had one of the best wine and food pairings that we've had. I think we, we actually went for an event some, some months before COVID hit, like, they had a beautiful food and wine pairing on the with Zumerblum. Like I think that was the wine they they, they served that night. It was so amazing. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you want to add it to add to that. Cavalli Estates. Ooh, that yes. was an amazing experience, and that, that was, was like quite recent. Yes, the quite food recent. was good. The wine, and we didn't know what wine he was going to um, bring, so we opted for the food and wine menu, and everything was just so good. Like, that was also a very good experience. That sounds so good. I haven't been there. Meg, have you been to Kavali? beautiful. Maybe we Not yet. To go um, next. <laughs> but yeah, we need to organize something. Maybe we should I've, do that. It's been on my list since last year. Me I just too, love yeah. that. Um, I think there's like that one spot where you can actually uh, overlook those beautiful views. It just it looks amazing. And apparently like the food and wine, everybody speaks so highly of the experience. I definitely think we need to organize something. The experience was great. We actually want to go back because um, I think I wanted to do the tasting again and mm. also try other stuff on the menu so i'm very keen to go back but the experience was top notch yeah it was amazing we actually did the the wine tasting and the food taste like separately but yeah nice to do it together (laughs) and i've heard they have um really good vegetarian and vegan options as well like they Mm -hmm. the chef will make specifically whatever you want for the food side of things as well which is great to know oh that's nice okay i wasn't really looking for that at the time but i think it makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah and um Sal, i'm going to pose this one to you because we know you are the spa queen which mm-hmm. is your favorite spa louis state sorry i couldn't <laughs> help myself <laughs> <laughs> which one <laughs> uh louis state in franchuk so when we went there, that was like a very good experience. We did like a lunch and wine thing and then we went to the spa and then we chilled by the pool outside and also by the warm pool inside. So that was amazing. So I love the thing how is she, that. <laughs> she knows. That was so like the, you know the 
quiz show. <laughs> Someone's like, I know the answer. They ring the bell. <laughs> so a jacuzzi or heated pool is like a must-have mm-hmm. as part of the experience. So I like having that. And just also the service and the actual treatments that they have. We also, Majeka House, we also enjoyed quite a lot. Majeka was also good. Yeah. Majeka was also like really great. And the other one I like um, is actually like 12 Apostles. Mm. When you get your massage in one of the gazebos, that experience is just, it blows my mind because you can see kind of like a bit of the mountain and you can see part of the ocean as well. So it's just really cool. I feel like we so need that to is an experience. A spa day. Uh, yeah. yeah, a spa wine day and <laughs> food, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, so, as long as there's the spa, the wine, and food, yeah, mm. perfect combination. It sounds oh, and amazing. I just remember the other place, by the way, Idiom. Oh yes, yes. So I think I was with you at that event. Oh, was that? Oh, that one. I went. To, actually, I missed. I didn't go to the event, but Fiona and I went. Um, the day we went to Idiom, I think we went somewhere else as well, or two other places. Oh, okay. But that I think place is very special. extra that Saturday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the macaroons mm. were unbelievable. Like they were, there was so much detail. They were beautiful. That is so so amazing to hear. We definitely need to check out uh, all the places that you guys have recommended. In closing, what advice would you give to younger black woman life is a journey really like it's an individual journey and i would what i would definitely encourage someone is that don't get tired you know the next person is waiting for you to get tired. don't get tired like the energy you got it you've got mm-hmm. the energy to pull through and you gotta just stay inspired to your journey your true cause like what you really want to do and when you focus on that, you just never go wrong, no matter what. Like, you could change jobs, you could change careers, you could change, like, a circle of friends, you could change, well, you can't change your family. <laughs> <laughs> but staying true to yourself is really important. Like, staying true to your cause and what you really want to believe in is really important, like, no matter what direction you take. Like, that, I think staying true to your journey is what I'd leave, um, anyone with like believe in yourself you can really do it and stay true to your journey that's what i would start with yes selena (laughs) so yeah staying true to your journey and being yourself owning who you are with all your quirks and everything like don't be afraid to embrace that i think sometimes when we're younger we're so worried about what other people we will think we forget to focus on ourselves and Mm -hmm. i think you need to Yes, you have your family, but you need to build your community and your friends in such a way that you have people that build you up. And Mm. don't be afraid to walk away from something the minute you see it's pulling you down or it's negative and it's not bringing you joy. Mm. You walk away, you leave it Mm. as hard as it may be. Let it go and I think it helps you move ahead. And if you can, try and find a mentor or someone close to where you want to be so you can find out about their journey, what they did. Because I know sometimes people look like everything has been easy, but when you Mm. actually talk to them and you get to know about their journey, those times when you feel like giving you up, that gives you that extra strength where you'll actually push through and fight. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Fiona and Selena. We really found so much value um, in you sharing your journey and, you know, sharing messages of encouragement. Um, that was very, very powerful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. And I think this, thank you both. this podcast that you guys have is actually very cool and it's something that's necessary to start these types of conversations. And especially for people of color, I think this is really great. I love what you guys have been doing with it. I don't always get to listen to all of them, but well done for taking the step. Thank you so much. Thank you. We really, really love chatting to you as always. Fiona, I need to ask you like, I just want to borrow some energy sometimes. (laughs) Because you said you must just have the energy. So I just want to borrow some and then you can let me. I have some energy. Like, hey. (laughs) 
yeah. I feel like Selena is always like she's got all the energy. Selena is like ready to party anytime. Just anytime. Times, but I'm also could be the first person to sleep sometimes because that energy. We surprised Fiona the other time because then I think she thought I was ready to sleep as usual. Then I decided to put on some music and then she's like, what's happening here? <laughs> Way past my bedtime, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure we will chat again because yeah, the conversation is super interesting. So thank you so much for joining Conversations with Women of Color. And yeah, we always look forward to seeing what you guys get up to next. Mm. Thank you so much. And guys, have a lovely evening and chat. To Thank you, ladies. Soon. Yes, we'll chat Thank soon. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Color. Check out our social media channels. Search for Admus underscore Danusha and The Authentic Girl across all platforms. And if you enjoyed the conversation, share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next one.